everybody. Welcome to B.O. Boys for Monday, May 10th. Fuck it. It's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. And Pat, we got a really big shoe because we've got a new number one movie. Plus, Mm -hmm. we've got some wide releases. Four wide releases coming next weekend. This coming weekend. This is big. Yeah, this is huge. I mean, it. We're basically at the point now. I mean, it's this is not our summer preview episode, but the summer movie season has basically started with this coming weekend. We're mm-hmm. we're ba- we're basically there. We're basically there. Maybe not well, officially there. Maybe not uh, definitely there. But I would say basically there. Well, this past weekend, the one we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. The weekend of the 7th to the 9th, May 7th to the 9th, would have been the Black Widow weekend. Yes, yes. That's that's always the like real kickoff weekend, that first weekend in May. Um, so we didn't get that. But, but we, we got did, a big movie. We did. We've got the new number one, Wrath of Man, which made $8.3 million dollars in its first weekend to take the top spot. Number two, we have Demon Slayer the movie, $3 million, down 53%. It added theaters, actually, for a cum of $39.6 million in its third weekend. Now, number three, Mortal Kombat made $2.4 million, another big drop, 61% lost theaters and it is now at $37.8 million in its third weekend. Number four, Godzilla versus Kong made $1.9 million down 30%. It is now in its sixth weekend at $93 million. So this thing's going to a hundred. We're going to clap. We're going to clap for it when it gets there. Number five, Raya and the Last Dragon made $1.8 million, up 35%, mm-hmm. added 505 theaters, mm-hmm. and it has, after 10 weekends, a cum of $43.8 million. That's how you plow. So that's some great plowing. And just starting before we get into the big story which is uh wrath of man jason statham number one that ryan the last dragon at number five adding theaters clayton do you know what that is from do you know why this movie has been adding theaters this past weekend no tell me so apparently disney and regal have struck a deal because regal was holding out on having these disney pvod releases in their theaters Mm -hmm. and this past weekend things changed as they often do these days in the box office world and when it comes to disney and i'm i'll just say the theaters relented and disney put raya into more movie theaters so i think what that also means is this is a great sign for what we're going to see in a couple of weeks for the box office of Cruella. Because yes. I think this means that Cruella is going to be 
in even more movie theaters than was expected because Cruella is doing the same thing as Riot. It's doing a theater and same day Disney Plus premium PVOD. And, you know, a lot of movie theaters are not excited about doing these day and date releases where it's also on PVOD, but Disney's going to get their way. So that I all to say it doesn't really mean much for Raya, but I think it's going to mean a lot more box office for Cruella in a few yes. weeks. Yes. And that's good for theaters because the bigger the yes. BO, yes. the more comfortable people will feel going back to the theater. I th- I think theaters have no leg to stand on no. right now. And they aren't going to anymore. They, they just lost it. The, the, the pandemic really kind of just accelerated something that was going to happen eventually anyway. And we're seeing this with, we talked about it. We didn't get to talk about it last weekend because I think the news broke after after our episode that, was it Cinemark is going to show the Snyder zombie Netflix movie? Yes. The Batista starring, what, what is that film called? It's called uh, Army of the Dead. Army of the Dead, That they made a deal with Netflix that that's going to be in theaters before it streams. And I'm going to tell you, the Snyder heads are going to go out and see it. I want to go see it. And I wouldn't count myself as a Snyder head. No. I mean, I think we're both Dave Bautista heads. We're, we're so Bautista heads, 100%. He's going to be up for an Oscar someday. We, we, we've staked our reputations on that. G- guaranteed um, nom, nom, nom. Yes, yes. I we're, won't guarantee a win because of, you know, it's all politics. Exactly. But I, I mean, yeah, I think what we're going to see, which that's, that's such a huge deal to start to see these Netflix movies get wide releases ahead of their Netflix premiere. I think that's a game changer because it's a direction we, me and you have been talking about that Netflix and the other streamers should go, which is get their movies into theaters because it's just found money. You know, why not get whatever Army of the Dead makes in theaters, that 20 to 30, maybe $50 million it could make in a, in a box office run? Why, why not get that? And it's better for theaters, and it's better for moviegoers, because the thing moviegoers always want is just more movies in the theaters. You and, know, and I, yeah. they and want I think big ma- movies. And I think it makes people, there's people of a certain age, people of a certain disposition and i would Mm -hmm. give i would put ourselves in this where if a movie goes into theaters it is a legitimate movie yeah some of these streaming films seem like only product because netflix treats them as only product unless they're their oscar bid movies which they've not had much luck honestly Mm -hmm. i mean the fact Mm -hmm. that uh the 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 last two best picture winners have been available on hulu is one of those things that is mud on the face of Netflix because Netflix yes. has just been piling money towards winning Oscars and they're not doing it. So I think it does legitimize some of these movies for theater goers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it makes it to me, the only thing that makes sense these days is to get as many new movies on as many movie theater screens as possible. Let everything be everywhere and get these straight-to-streaming movies, not everything. You don't want 
you know, lifetime Christmas romance movies with uh, 70s TV actors going to movie theaters. That's TV. That's fine. TV yes. only. But when you have these big straight-to-streaming movies with real stars, special effects, big budgets, get it in a movie theater as well. But I, I, I think the, the Raya thing is big because it's showing that Disney is going to get to do what it wants, which is to get all of their big product on Disney Plus and Disney Plus PBOD. And the theaters are also going to say, please, please, please put it in the movie theater too. Please, we want to sell some popcorn. Please what help us Re- sell popcorn. We, what is Regal going to do if they don't have Cruella? Exactly. 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 They need these big movies. So you got it. If you're a theater, you you don't you don't have you're 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 the you're the little kid who talks a big game, who's trying to go fight the bully, and the bully is doing that thing where he puts his like hand up against your forehead and you're still running forward, you know, spinning your arms really fast as if you're gonna beat him up, but you're not gonna beat him up. You're not going to tie yourself you're, out. You're going to tie yourself out. So, so I think that's, that is the place where these theaters are at right now. Actually, they're tired out. They've had Disney and universals hand on their forehead as they lean forward, their little legs, little arms spinning, 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 kicking up dirt. They're, they're in a, in, in, in a big dust pile. And they're like, we're going to beat you up. We're going to beat you up. And now they're tired and they're sleepy and they're at a point where they're like, all right, just you could put it on PVOD. We just need it in the theater. Uh, I, I, take your hand off my forehead, please. I'm a little kid. I'm a little kid. I'm just a movie theater chain. I'm a little kid. I'm, I'm, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of someone who is not a little kid, but a full-blown man. Yes. Full of breath. M-A-N. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jason Statham, yes. number one, eight million dollars. Now this bests Bob's Bob Odenkirk his mm-hmm. opening for Nobody, which made six point eight uh, a few weeks ago. Probably about a month ago. I mean, Nobody actually Nobody has been open for seven weeks. So. Yeah, seven weeks. So Nobody, you know, was operating in a much less vexed movie world. Seven mm-hmm. weeks ago. Twice what Unhinged made in its opening okay. and Honest Thief, which both made around four million, and The Marksman, which made three point one. So Statham Statham bigger star action wise than Neeson, because I do think he gets youngsters along with the oldsters. Yes, yes. Yeah, I think Statham draws from a hipper action crowd than Neeson can. Neeson is is very dad heavy. I would say Statham gets young uncles and uh and like stepdads, but like young stepdads. You know that 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 sort of like cooler I'm dating a, a girl who's got a kid audience. Whereas like the Liam Neeson action crowd, I think it's just like straight up dads where like I'm an old guy and the kid lives in my house as mine. Whereas like Statham gets that younger crowd of, of young, cool stepdads dating 
a, a, a lady who has kids from another relationship. Yeah, a MILF. I mean, do they still use that term? Is that still okay to use, MILF? I don't know if it's a official box office term anymore. I don't know okay. if that quadrant still exists. But but yeah, Statham draws the younger action audience that I think don't quite go to Honest Thief. Now, this is also a Guy Ritchie film. Mm-hmm. Who, you know, he's he's had some box office problems with bigger movies, but I think he's hit a nice little vein here with these smaller budgeted films. Although, I mean, Guy Ritchie had his biggest hit ever just, what, two years ago. He directed Aladdin. That's very true. That's very true. So if anything, Guy Ritchie right now is getting to make, you know, he made The Gentleman last year. He makes Wrath of Man now. I think he's getting to do his These Are For Me movies because You're right. he's got yeah. Aladdin 2, you know, coming up someday. And uh, he just directed, a you know, Aladdin in 2019 was a billion-dollar baby. Wow. That's so funny that I totally did not even think about him directing that because it didn't have – didn't feel like a Guy Ritchie film. Right. You I was think thinking of Aladdin, of the, uh, it's a Will Smith hit. It's, yeah. it's IP and it's Will Smith. And then you think of Guy Ritchie last, but Guy Ritchie is on a career high right now. You know, he, yeah, he's, I, the, he's the guy who made Aladdin a couple of years ago. So within, within the uh, Hollywood, he's, he's bigger than he's ever been. So I, I, I still had the stench of King Arthur in my nostrils, but I guess we're way past that now because way past so gentlemen opened to 10.6. Mm-hmm. That was pre-pandemic. Pre-pandemic. And that was with full theater availability, but also it was up against other actual movies. This is not that Mortal Kombat and Demon Slayer and Nobody aren't real movies, but they've just been in the theaters for a little while, and there's not as much competition as when Gentlemen came out. But this film making $8 million with the kind of... uh capacities that we're having and the amount mm-hmm. of theaters open that's not too bad for statham oh not too shalabby at all no um i mean do you want to take a look at because you brought up this idea earlier do we want to take a look at this opening compared to statham's box office career let's look at that after we do a little bit of demo breakdown here Okay, you got some demo for us. So how did how did Wrath of Man break down? Was was there any wrath of woman? Was there any wrath of uh, of different age demographics? Where was most of this wrath coming from? Well, sixty percent guys. Okay. And interesting enough, seventy two percent were over twenty five, and forty five percent were over thirty five. Okay. Okay, so then you could have some 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 straight up dads in there. Though I still say twenty five to thirty five. That's some prime stepdad territory. Young stepdad. Young stepdad. Yeah. And then we've got forty four percent Caucasian, twenty three percent Black, twenty one percent Hispanic, and twelve percent Asian. Okay. So not bad diversity wise. Hmm. Very strong in the West and the Southwest, so that's good. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it it is a man movie. 
it's a movie that's hitting that vein. Yeah. I mean, listen, you title the movie Wrath of Man. Men are going to come out in bigger numbers because we are the ones who who most enjoy that wrath. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's tough to imagine a huge female audience being like, I'm specifically interested in, in the wrath of man. If, if there was a sequel, wrath of woman, I, I then I could see the demos breaking down differently, but men are going to be the most interested in examining their own wrath and seeing their, maybe not examining it, but, but witnessing their own wrath. Yeah. I don't think they're going to be reflecting too much on it. No, no, I have not. Neither of us have seen this movie yet. Uh, though I may go see in the theater soon, I would guess there is not a lot of introspection about the wrath in this movie. I would think there's a lot of celebration of the wrath, a lot of enjoyment of the wrath. I, I doubt there's a lot of a lot of examining of the wrath. No. And so just to give before we get to Statham's older work. Mm-hmm. Just getting to how many theaters are open because I saw this in the deadline article and it's it's hard because it's hard to wrap your head around what actually is open and what the availability of theaters is right now, right? So currently, as of the publication of this article, which was Sunday, 63% of the 5,800 theaters available in North America are open. So it's a, so only 63% of theaters are open. Okay. But we're then talking about places that are 50% capacity, New York, which is still at 30-something. Regal only has 232 theaters of its 533 theaters open. And there's mm-hmm. three major provinces in Canada, Ontario, Manitoba, and Alberta, that are just still completely closed. Completely closed. Wow. Yeah. And wow. Cineplex only has 27 of its 162 theaters reopened. Wow. So so for as much as we are saying it's seeming like the box office is, is it, it's still a ways away from, from getting to the full capacity. I mean, that is a lot of theaters that are still just totally unavailable. And AMC, even in areas that they're able to completely open. AMC is operating its whole chain at 50% and enforcing okay. masks. Okay. So you're still getting those things. So so just to keep people up to date on that, because I like to keep an, a, an eye on that, because we want to know when we can really look at these numbers as the numbers that they are supposed to be, as opposed to what we're getting now. Because right, right. they're saying here that... Can, there's parts of Canada that might not even be open for Memorial Day weekend, which is going to be Quiet Place 2 and Cruella. So there's going to be some Canadian money left right. on the table there. Right, there right. We're, we're not going to. Unless we start getting border crossings. You know, think back to the days of Vietnam, and you had a lot of border crossings going. North, a lot of Americans, American young men who were uh, uh, worried about getting drafted, and they ran across the border to avoid the draft. Mm-hmm. And 
I think a lot of them probably ended up staying there, making lives for themselves, making families in Canada and, and never came back. You might start to see starting this Memorial Day weekend when you got Quiet Place 2 opening up, you got Cruella opening up, you got Spiral from the Book of Saw just having come out a week or two before. I think you might start to see if these Canadian theaters stay completely closed, you might start to see a lot of crossing the border in the opposite direction of Vietnam. You know, this could be Canada's Vietnam in some way where a lot of Canadian citizens might come down into the United States because they 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 want to start seeing these movies. Yeah. And they can't see them in Canada and it'll be a mix of uh, people who've lived in Canada for generations and it'll be you might start to get a lot of those uh, American, formerly American Vietnam draft dodgers who found their way in Canada into in the you know in the sixties, seventies, and they're going to come back now because they want to see Cruella. They want to see, uh, they want to see Quiet Place too. So they they would risk a possible arrest. Because, they did it before. Yeah, they did it before. We're you gonna know, they, have to see. They didn't want to go go uh, fight in Vietnam, which totally makes sense. But another thing that would totally make sense is they want to see um, Quiet Place Two opening weekend. This is see. These are the things that should be tracked too, mm-hmm. because we. I think if we see that migration, mm-hmm. that border crossing, mm-hmm. that's going to show the strength of. Emma Stone as a star. Yes. Yes. Cruella as an IP. Mm-hmm. And Quiet Place as a franchise. Yes. 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 Because, I mean, that is the 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 uh, escaping the United States to get into Canada. That was a clear sign of the strength of the Vietnam War IP and the Vietnam brand and how— those those young men were escaping to Canada because of the strength of the Vietnam brand. And yeah, I mean, it, they were anti-Vietnam though, but it, it was still. That's what I a, mean. Yeah, they, they had a they strong. Were, they, were, they were avoiding Vietnam, but they were avoiding it because the 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 brand of Vietnam was so clear. Mm-hmm. And yes, yes, th- this would be. Uh, similarly showing the strength of the quiet place franchise, except people would be crossing the border to, to get to it, not to avoid it. I think Vietnam had a, the age demo for people who enjoyed Vietnam was very high and younger people were not as into it as older people. The Vietnam, right, right. right. That IP skewed older. And that's why it was so unpopular. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Because they so, were thinking, so, they when they thought Vietnam, older people, they thought World War II, and younger people knew it's not the same. Like It's not the same. It's not the same, man. So that, that that's why like younger skewing stuff became more popular after the Vietnam War. Yeah. So we'll see on Memorial Day weekend if these Canadian theaters stay closed and you start to see a lot of Canucks and former American... Uh, uh, Peaceniks, draft dodgers, who are 
coming back to the United States for the first time in, you know, 50 years. God, they would be they would be old. So these the if anyone's coming back after having skipped out to Canada to avoid the draft, I mean, this is now we're talking theater goers who would be in their 70s. So I would mm-hmm. say that's more quiet place to audience more so than Cruella. I think if you were a a guy who skipped out to Canada because you were avoiding the Vietnam draft and you came back now, I don't think you'd be coming back for Cruella. Yeah. But possibly Quiet Place too because you'd be old. Just the the title of, of saying a quiet place, that's enticing. You know, you've been searching for that quiet place your whole life. Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. It, they, they're thinking it might be a place to finally quiet their mind. Right, right, right. So we'll see. We'll see. That'll be definitely something to track. Uh, you know, all of our uh, box office uh, analysts who, of course, listen to the show. I'm talking about your Jeff Bach at Exhibitor Relations Co., people like that out there. Let's all... Think about this as we're going to be reviewing what happens in box office more the weekend. Let's keep track of the migration from Canada to the United States because I, mm-hmm. I think that's going to be really something to, to analyze. Now, we let's talk about another, I guess, expat, right? Because does Statham live in America? I would bet Statham's such a star at this point, such a movie star that he, if he doesn't, uh, listen, he's definitely got pads everywhere. I'm sure. Oh, it'd be shocking if he doesn't have something in the Hollywood Hills, multiple pads and probably, you know, uh, the thing is he's got probably a mansion in the Hollywood Hills. And then he's probably got like a two bedroom in Manhattan, which also would cost like, you know, $11 $11 million, but mm-hmm. it's, it's not going to be huge. And I'm sure then he's got his place in London and he's probably got something in Switzerland. I mean, the, the guy's got crash pads all over the world. Okay. So, and then he's, so, and then he's filming in Atlanta and he's filming in, you know, New Zealand, all the usual places. Mm-hmm. So we want to look at a little bit of his box office history. Now, where should we start yes. with this? Because, his history goes all the way back to 99 with Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Yeah, I mean, to me, I, I'm about to pull it up, and my guess is going to be like Italian Job is his big, you know, American breakthrough. Um, well, And now I would looking say at his, you know, Transporter, Transporter. That's the start of his franchise. Um, I mean, what are the quintessential... Jason Statham, he's got the Transporter franchise, he's got the Crank franchise, he's got the Expendables franchise. The Mechanic, is that a franchise? Has he done It is, there's been two. Um, And then he's been in the Fast movies, and he's just got a ton of of action movies, of one-off action movies. Yeah, and and they all seem to at the very low end reach at least 15 mil mm-hmm. and at the high end can go for his just starring himself films up to the, like this is domestic 
like 30, almost 40. Right, right, right. That's what it feels like. He's he's 15 to 30, which for action films is good. Right, because I mean his non, you know, his non Fast and Furious level movies, like his just Jason Statham stars. I would imagine the majority of those movies had budgets between 10 and 20 million dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, looking at this list, there's a few things that I bet you cost way more. Something like Death Race in 2008 made a total of 36 million in the United States and also exactly 36 million worldwide for 72 million total. I bet you that's one of the more expensive movies that he's been in. You know, like that seemed like him being in a bigger movie. Um, but then you look at most of his other ones. I'm going to guess these are budgets that are definitely no more than 20 million, if not as low as like 10. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, how do you want to? I mean, let's look at, I guess, his franchises. You know, he had the Transporter in 2002. Made twenty five million. Like, where is his? Do you feel like he had a, a peak somewhere in this history of his box office, or is he kind of at the top of his box office game now? He is. I would say he mm. is at the top of his box office game now. Yeah, because of the fact that he is was in the Fast and Furious main series. Right. And those helped his visibility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was in Spy, which is a comedy, came out 2015. Now, this was a Melissa McCarthy when people still, when she was work, still working with Paul Feig, people right. liked what she was putting out. That movie made $110 million domestic. Wow. And another 120 internationally, 230 worldwide. That's a huge hit. And so that was the same year Furious 7 came out, which, you know, obviously that there is a lot more to that film than just him, but he was definitely a value add. That yeah. raised his, his visibility. He had his own mechanic sequel, 2016 Mechanic Resurrection, which only made $21 million domestically, but made 104 internationally. Jesus. So... He and then that was and then, not well well loved, but it did his normal you know twenty million. Then yeah, the I Meg, mean, the Meg. God, it is clear he he definitely is. It will keep going with the Meg because yeah, he's definitely a bigger star in these past five years than he had ever been. He he's, yes, he's peaking right now for sure. Two thousand eighteen, August tenth, the Meg. Its domestic total was $145 million. Now, we all saw this together. I think I saw this with you. Yes, yes. We saw this in the theater together. And not a great movie. That doesn't matter. But doesn't matter. Big Shark plus Statham, that's, I would say, you know, that's a Statham starring movie that over, overperformed. Yeah. I mean, look, that box office is incredible 145 domestic 380 international total 527 worldwide that mm-hmm. is that is a gigantic hit and he is the i mean obviously the 
the creature is sort of the star, but he is the movie star that is above the title in that movie. Yeah, you need to have somebody anchoring the action, a human, and people like him. And he's shown that he can do comedy with Spy. And yep. to and you know he had the Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw, which was a buddy comedy film. Yeah, yeah. And then he can do things like Wrath of Man, which is gritty action stuff that I think his like core, core, core fans really want to see from him. His transporter I, fans. I mean, his Hobbs crank and fans. Shaw, Hobbs and Shaw did one seventy four domestic, five eighty six internationally 760 million worldwide and that's 2019 i mean you look at his last five to six years since like 2014 or 2015 through now just all blockbusters and a mechanic movie that did well and now wrath of man He's yeah, he is he is a bigger box office star now than he has ever been. In Wrath of Man, it's going to have some competition, but mm-hmm. I do think that it could reach that 20 million, that 25 million where it needs to be mm-hmm. to be classified as I think a hit for what it is. Yes. Yes. So yeah, he's he's peaking now. He's peaking now. Yeah, he is a Huge star. I mean, something like Wrath of Man, again, we're still in that, like we talked about, now nowhere near full capacity, full theater openings, period. So this could have been bigger, say this comes out in August or something, conceivably it could have been a bigger hit. Mm-hmm. Um, but for, yeah, for what it's, it's doing, it's already going to be successful. Yeah, so... Statham, you know, he's a star. He's a star. He's definitely a star. And obviously a lot of those movies from the last five years, like the Fast and Furious movies, he's inserted into a franchise, you know, and Spy, he is playing off of Melissa McCarthy, who is the star of Spy. But the Meg and I would say Hobbs and Shaw are unqualified hits for him. You know, Hobbs and Shaw is a two-hander with The Rock. Meg is a two-hander with him and the Meg. Though, but, yeah, though, but you don't get inserted into these franchises unless they think that you're going to be a, a strong value add. Right, right. Because it's not the same as being given a pair of tights in a Marvel movie. Yes. Where... The Marvel character is already so, uh, so much of a draw. You know, when you put Jason Statham in Hobbs and Shaw, Shaw isn't someone that kids grew up reading in comic books. Kids don't know who Shaw is. Shaw is whatever Jason Statham tells you he is. Yes. You know, and the Meg is not again a comic book IP franchise. The Meg is is Jason Statham in the Meg. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know, big star. Now let's look, let's look forward to next weekend, this coming weekend. Love it. Love it. Because we have four wide openings. Mm -hmm. Now one, I think we can kind of 
dismiss pretty quickly Finding You, which is a young person's romance. It's it's akin to something like the Broken Hearts Gallery sort of mm-hmm. film, which came out in 2020. Again, not many theaters available, but still made about $4 million all in. Opened pretty low. Opened to like $1 million. I, I don't see this film doing anything more than that. No, I'm, I'm fully willing to dismiss this immediately. I, I say we dismiss it. So... Listen, I hope it's a we want Buffa Bobo for everything. So of course, listen, this movie makes course. twenty million dollars. Bully for that movie and yes. shame on us. Yes, yes. I doubt it happens, but I wouldn't be sad if it did. Again, box office, okay to be wrong. We want movies to make money. Mm-hmm. But we need to talk about some of these others films. So do we want to do in ascending order? Right. Well, let's let's yeah, let's talk about the big one. Oh, you want to? That's go not ascending order. Ascending order. order. You want to start from the bottom, keep on going up. I would keep say descending. Up. I want to start with what I we both think is going to be the big movie this weekend. Okay, but then why would people? Well, that's they're going to keep listening because it's they're us. Keep, yeah, because it's us. They'll they'll listen to us read the phone book. I mean, come on. Exactly. So. What movie were we talking about, Pat, then? Spiral from the Book of Saw comes out this Friday, May 14th. I mean, to me, this is the start of the summer 2021 movie season. This is it. You're calling it. You're calling this the start of the season, even mm-hmm. though it's not Quiet Place or Cruella. Yeah, I think this is the one. Wow. Yeah, I... I think and i don't know if you have the tracking on this the sort of other predictions i feel like spiral from the book of saw starring chris rock this was a big uh uh you know this was a big project for chris rock he's the one who went to lion's gate and said i have an idea i want to revive the the saw franchise i got this book we're gonna do it i think that this is going to overperform whatever the expectations are. And I feel like this is going to be something we're going to be really excited to talk about the results of next Monday. Now, are you high on Saul? Uh, high, high on Saul. Are you high on, on Spiral? Because you are a Saw fan. I am. I am. But I do think that this is the perfect mix of something familiar, you know, because as people are being eased into going back to the box office, eased into, you know, doing things again in the world, they, they we still want that familiar. I'm going to go out there and say, I bet you, uh, you know, old rock groups from the 70s and 80s are going to clean up on the summer festival circuit this year. I think people are going to want to get something familiar. And I think, though, it's also got that mix of potentially something that's going to be really buzzy and fresh because it's not just like, here's Saw 11. Instead, it's here's Saw with a twist. The twist being, I don't know, it's Chris Rock and it's called Spiral from the Book of Saw. Yeah, story by Chris Rock. Mm Mm-hmm. 
so that yeah i mean but let's look a little bit though because we saw the last saw movie that was in theaters we saw that together yes yes famously had the blooming onion head kill mm-hmm. which was great mm-hmm. that came out in 2017 was that called that was jigsaw it was called it was called jigsaw right something's going on downstairs fuck it it's Rafi. we're doing a live yeah it only Wild made throw. 30 it only made 38 million dollars in its whole run domestically mm-hmm. and open to 16. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, it made less than saw 3d, which came out seven years earlier, which opened at 24 and legged out to 45. Well, jigsaw was meant to be sort of a rebooting of the franchise. Cause saw yes. 3d in 2010 was clearly the end of that run. I mean, Saw is such an interesting franchise because Saw 1 came out in 2004. And then starting then, there was a new Saw movie every October from 2004 through 2010. Seven straight years. Yes. Like clockwork. Every October, a new Saw movie. And then they stopped for seven years, Jigsaw. And now we've got the Book of Saw. I think, though, that's one of those things that happens sometimes with these franchises where the first reboot doesn't fully take. You know, think of the Rocky series, right? You had Rocky 1 through 4 were all big hits. Almost getting bigger every time. And then Rocky Five was a giant bomb the end of the 80s. And then they didn't make a Rocky movie again until that Rocky Balboa movie, which I think came out around 2005, maybe. And that did okay, but it didn't reboot the franchise. It wasn't until they made the Creed movies, like 10 years after that, that then it clicked again. Okay. And so I think that's sort of what we're going to see here with the Saw franchise where Jigsaw was meant to reboot it. It didn't fully click. They had to take some more time off, go in a bigger, different direction, which is give the franchise to Chris Rock. And I think this reboot is going to take. I I think this is going to be a hit, and I think we're going to be looking at, you know, three spiral movies in the next five years with Chris Rock. Unless really? He, unless he gets split in half in this movie, which is also possible. We got Samuel Jackson in this film as well. Mm-hmm. Who's one of the all-time great value ads. He is. He he might be the Mount Rushmore of value ads. He might be yes. at the tippity top of, of value ad when it comes to a film. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so you're so there's here's the issue with tracking. Okay. It's it's almost non-existent right now. Because of people don't want to, people don't want to put out numbers because they're afraid they're going to be wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, cowards. there's the exactly cowards. There's the rolling amount of, you know, is it twenty five percent? Uh, you know, or fifty percent or seventy five percent? How many people are going to be allowed in the theater? Will they need their vax card? Blah blah. blah. Mm-hmm. What's going to open? What theaters are going to be open? All these different things. 
it, or or is a big theater like the the ones in LA that closed or they, is, is all of a sudden they going to close like there's so many question marks that nobody wants to put out a number mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because it's going to look like they don't know what they're talking about right right Cowards, we obviously yes. know what we're talking about yes. so we can put numbers out here and we're gonna right. so let's like thinking of what the last saw made and opened so, at it opened at 16 now obviously i don't think this opens that big but you might disagree i might disagree i mean so looking again at the saw franchise their opening weekend so saw 1 opened at 18 million then these next like four saw movies saws 2 3 4 and 5 were about as consistent as movie box office has ever gotten because those movies all opened at around $31 million. $31 million, $33 million, $31 million, $30 million. I mean, that is clockwork right there. That is beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're an accountant for a, uh, a movie studio. God, that is, that is what you want to see is just you could set your watch to what the Saw opening weekend box office was going to be. Then you had Saw 6 was a big dip where it only made $14 million opening weekend. But then Saw 3D, which was Saw 7, opened at $24 million, you know, and then didn't have legs. But none of these movies have great legs. They have No. They have great opening weekends in their prime. Yes. Um, so you look at these... You had that classic run, Saws 2 through 5, where it was basically $31 million every time. And I think Spiral from the Book of Saw is going to open at $17 million. I'm going to say it opens bigger than Jigsaw did in 2017. I feel like this is going to be the reboot that sticks. So there's a few reasons why that could happen. One of them being the horror heads, the gore hounds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, the blood. Fiends. It's been, mm-hmm. it's been thin soup for them. Yes. They've been subsisting on separation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what is that? What is the one? That, that Easter came... movie. The Easter. The unholy. Ha- the unholy. I mean, God, they've been living off the unholy for uh, almost a month and a half now. The, Just the gnawing horror... on that corpse. And they the love hor- gnawing on a corpse, but they, they want some fresh blood once in a while. And here's the thing that isn't reported on. Is that during the pandemic. Mm hmm. The Gorehounds, mm-hmm. the Horror Heads, mm-hmm. they were keeping theaters afloat. Yes. Because yes. the films that were being released to theaters were mostly low budget horror films. Mm-hmm. And so they were out there doing the backstroke, swimming in blood, mm-hmm. you know, like Scrooge McDuck swimming through his gold coins. Yes. In his vault. 
Yes. But instead of gold coins, it was the rental and it was the wretched and it was the relic. Mm-hmm. You know, just a, a giant silo filled with these IFC Midnight grade Z uh, horror movies. And then things like Come Play. And Come Play, of course. They were just swimming through Come Play. So they have been underserved. And they were the backbone of the the pandemic box office. That and kids. Yes. I mean, it was kids and and gore hounds. So that that's an interesting cross section of, of 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 America. Yeah, yeah. The movie the movie theaters in October of 2020 were a weird place where you mm-hmm. would open the doors and it would just be little kids, and it would be uh you know uh just Fangoria readers just mingling about in the concessions so i think they're gonna come out in droves because they weren't scared to come out when the pandemic was raging so they're not going to be scared now no no so this could easily make over 16 so i'm i you're 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 staying at seventeen, right? I'll stay at seventeen. You might go higher now. What what a world we live in if I'm the under amongst us on the opening weekend of Spiral from the Book of Saw. Well, when you look at something, when you look at something like I know it's like not a one to one, but you know, I always keep looking at that Tom and Jerry $14 million opening. Yes, exactly. And and it's just, that was an IP we thought was dead. Yes. Yes. And the rats needed their cheese and the rats came out. And I feel like the hounds are going to need their, their gore. Yep. Yep. And again, that's another case of that's the reboot that stuck. You know, we thought the Tom and Jerry IP was dead because of the, uh, failed Miramax nine, early 1990s Tom and Jerry movie. You know, that was a giant bomb. But that was just the reboot that didn't take. And the reboot that took, of course, was Tom and Jerry 2021 with Colin Jost. That was the one that hit. And I think that's what we're looking at here with Spiral from the Book of Saw is much like Colin Jost was a big part of reviving the Tom and Jerry IP. Another former SNL cast member, Chris Rock, is going to be part of the reboot that sticks. Yeah, and you're looking at something that's like an R-rated film, like Mortal Kombat, mm-hmm. which which opened big. Mm-hmm. The R-rated thing isn't scaring me. No. It's gonna bring a it's gonna bring a, a demogra- a great demographic because you know, you have Chris Rock, you have Samuel Jackson, it's a new spin. Yep. I think it's gonna appeal younger, it's gonna appeal to more diverse audiences. Yeah. And again, we're just talking opening weekend right now. You know, I yeah. ain't giving you a bullish prediction on week two. No, but it'll it'll drop. Probably, but if we're just talking Plummet. opening weekend, then you look at these Saw movies, they all have great opening weekends, except for one or two of them that didn't do well in the end. But this is an opening weekend franchise. 
And listen, it's a franchise. Like you said, the Whorehounds, they came out to the theater when uh, the pandemic was raging. So they're probably going to be more of them now. And it's the type of audience. It's going to appeal to those who does, they, they don't give an F. Mm-hmm. You know? They don't give an F. Yeah. They don't give an F. And I think Saw is the type of franchise that appeals to that audience most. And listen, right now, we're still in a period where maybe not the majority, but a huge portion of the movie theater audience is coming from people who don't give an F. And Yeah, and I mean, they might give people, a... They might give an F cinema score, but they don't give an actual F. They don't give an actual F. Yeah. And I'm going to, yeah. You, you know, know, go for dude, it. I'm sorry. I'm just, I got to get it out. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to be a little psycho here and I'm going to say, I'm going to go 20. I love it. I love it. I love that you, I love that somehow I thought I was going to seem nuts going 17 million on, on this movie and, and you're, you're going even higher. I love it. And, and and I said, you you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Yeah, no, I love it. I I think that the type of audience that is still heading out to the theaters, you know, which are you got newly vaxxed, you got no vax, you got never been vaxxed, never will be vaxxed. I think a lot of that audience is going to be super into a Saw movie. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm uh, that's what I'm hoping for for the box office. Yeah. Yeah. Now, let's see. Does it have a Rotten Tomato score as of yet? It does not. And would this be These are know, critic proof though anyway. Uh, that's like I don't even know why I did that. They're, that's critic proof. It doesn't anyway. matter. Yeah. And I just want to look real quick at Chris Rock's box office history which is going to be abysmal you know yeah whatever you think i mean of him as a comedian one of the great comedians of all time we all love him his box office is going to be abysmal aside from the grown-ups movies which i mean he's in them great paycheck and stuff like the madagascar movies you know things where he's like uh a playing fifth banana or a voice role but in terms of chris rock movies chris rock starers I think we could safely say this is oh. going to be his biggest opening weekend for a, again, not a grown-ups movie where he's, you know, in there with his buddies, not a, an animated film where he's doing a voice. But in terms of a Chris Rock starer, this is going to be his biggest opening weekend. So you think it'll beat top five? I think it'll be did, did did top five. I mean, I'm looking that had a twenty five million dollar domestic full run. Um, yeah, no, it I it opened probably it probably didn't open wide immediately. It opened at um let's see its opening weekend, which was fairly wide, was uh six point eight million dollars. So, I mean, this movie is going to make more than $6.8 million. Yeah, because, I mean, we're talking about movies like Head of State. Yeah. Yeah, so I I do think this is going to be Chris Rock's biggest opening weekend. Which, you know what? Let's save that for—let's save a little something for next week. 
We could talk about the Chris Rock box office career once we get the opening weekend numbers for Spiral from the Book of Saw. Great. Let's so a do little that. preview for next weekend. We'll dig in further into Chris Rock and Sam Jackson. But, I mean, we're both predicting this is going to be a big opening weekend. And I think we're both predicting number one for this. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, if if we're saying this is going to make around $20 million, but we also don't think it's going to be number one, then, gee golly, we have a big story. Now, we have another possibly big story. Okay. Because the next film that's opening wide this weekend, mm-hmm. this coming weekend, is Those Who Wish Me Dead, which is an Angelina Jolie, Tyler Sheridan written film mm-hmm. that is a Warner Bros. movie that is going HBO Max day and date. Now, this snuck up on you, did it not? Because it snuck I, up on I, me. It snuck up on me. And we're big Taylor Sheridan fans. Yes. He, of course, did Hell, Hell or High Water. He uh, wrote and directed that, wrote and directed Wind River, uh, created, I know we don't talk about TV, but created Yellowstone, uh, one of the great shows. And so he directed this as well. Those who wish directed me dead. This, yeah. He wrote and directed this movie. So this stars Angelina Jolie, noted gas mm-hmm. bag Angelina Jolie, mm-hmm. John Bernthal, who is in the Tyler Sheridan kind of what is that when you know you have the the a group of actors that starts with an R, he repertory. He's repertory. in the Tyler Sheridan repertory. Yeah, Nicholas Holt. Okay. Interesting enough, and Tyler Perry is in this. Great. Which, you know what? Tyler Perry in dramas, very good. Yeah. I mean, he he was great in uh, Gone Girl. Huge hit. So what we got to look at here is that Angelina Jolie, box office-wise, has been on the sidelines for a while, other than the Maleficent movies. Mm Mm-hmm. She's done voices for Kung Fu Panda, but she has not had a real true starring film that isn't a Maleficent film Mm -hmm. since 2010's The Tourist. Okay. And I'm looking at that. Wasn't that's the one with her and Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp. Yes. Okay. But Johnny Depp, when he was starting his descent, he wasn't bottomed out as a movie star where he is now, but that was, that was around the time of the beginning of the descent. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it was after that glow of the those pirate movies kind of right. started. You know, right. those pirate movies would still make money, but the the you know the bloom was off the rose, as as you'd say. Right. right. So, Maleficent, the first one in two thousand fourteen. I mean, huge movie, domestic two hundred and forty one million dollars. Uh, you know, that's that was a huge movie. The second one, 2019, it did underperform. It made 113 domestically, but was a pretty big hit internationally because I think she's very beloved internationally. Mm-hmm. But still, that you know, she made a movie that was over that made over a hundred million dollars, even if it was a disappointment, just two years ago. 
Mm-hmm. But that mm-hmm. was a kids' movie, and Maleficent became a very popular IP. It was a lot of little girls dressed up and, and adult women dressed up as Maleficent for Halloween. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she hasn't had anything since then. This will be an adult film starring her, and it's 11 years after the last one. Yeah, I mean, I think that with this, the box office for it, even again, not in pandemic times, was never going to be huge because these Taylor Sheridan dramas don't really break out big at the box office. Mm -hmm. You know, they're great movies, but I don't think they're necessarily mainstream in the way that this TV show is. Yeah. You know, Yellowstone is is mainstream, but his movie work, or at least the ones he's directed, don't really break out. Yeah, because we can look at what his, like, let's take a look real quick at what... I mean, I'm going to guess Hell or High Water probably made around 30 total, and I bet you Wind River is closer to 10 total domestic. That would be my guess. Yeah. So I'm going to look up Hell or High Water on the numbers. I mean, it's, again... It's so difficult to find. It's so difficult. It is not... I mean, we we long for the days of the original box office mojo when all of this is just right there at your fingertips. But Hell or High Water, total domestic box office, was $27 million in 2016. Mm-hmm. So I pretty much nailed it. And then we could take a look at, I'm going to guess again, Wind River is probably closer to 10 to maybe $15 million total. And Wind River in 2017. Okay, I'm wrong. Wind River also made $33 million. Yeah. So, all right. His movies have done a little, especially Wind River did better than I remember. But again, he hasn't had, you know, some of the movies he's, uh, Taylor Sheridan has written broke out bigger. You know, your Sicarios get into that $70, $80 million range. His directorial stuff seems to be a little, like, too heady to real, you know, they're not just, like, fun thrillers. So all that to say is, I don't know if this is necessarily going to be a big test of Angelina's star power because her star power was movies like Wanted, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Salt, you know, like just real throwback action movies. And those all were movies that made a hundred million plus domestic. And this is not going to be that. This is not Salt. This is not, you know, Angelina Jolie is Tomb Raider jumping uh, in a tank top and shooting a gun, you know, type of stuff. This is headier than that. Well, it is kind of an action movie, though. I mean, she is fighting some people who want to kill her during a fire, like a wildfire. Yeah, but that's that's more. I mean, to me, this feels more. Taylor Sheridan than it does Angelina Jolie box office. You know, Angelina Jolie box office is very much, she is basically a superhero action person. And that's not what this is. 
I know. I, I, I will push back a little bit because I think what we're talking about here is like, if she, do you think she's still a star? Yes. Outside of, I think she's still a star. Yeah. Outside of, I think she's still a star, but she's a star in the way that she's always been a star, which is her biggest movies are her in a kick-ass action movie, which, you know, she you do age out of things when it comes to being like an action star. So I don't know if she will ever do those type of movies again. But I think if she did a Salt-like movie, a uh, Wanted-like movie, she could still have a huge hit. But I don't know if like her being in a drama isn't necessarily going to be a box office hit. Hold on one second. There's like a woodpecker on the roof. And I'm going to try and scare it away. Okay. Give me one moment. So we may witness Clayton getting pecked to death on air, which is great. I mean, the one problem I could see with this is I would, if he gets pecked to death, if Clayton gets knocked off the roof of this barn and dies, I don't know how I would get access to his audio file. You know, I, I, I don't know if this becomes a crime scene or a police scene. It wouldn't be a crime scene because the woodpecker wouldn't be charged or anything, but if it becomes a, a, a death scene, they might not let me get to his computer, to his recorder, to retrieve the audio of his end of the conversation. Which well, I, I I'm back. You're back. Okay, great. So you I have you did left not in die. my my last will and testament that you get access to my hard drive. Perfect. Perfect. Which is filthy. Filthy. Perfect. So okay. I threw what happened is it's still I didn't go out on the roof. It's still up there. And I threw a roll of duct tape at the roof to try and scare it off to think right. it somebody was going to attack it from the inside. Right. Seems not to have made much of a difference. Right. Hopefully it will shut the fuck up, at least so we can finish this to talk about Angelina Jolie. Right. And we're, we're getting near the end anyway, I would say. So hopefully the woodpecker could just give us these last couple of minutes to finish this podcast. So that's my take on Angelina Jolie is I think she is still a movie star, but she's always been a movie star in a certain type of movie. Yes. You know, in big action movies, something like Maleficent kind of falls into that, you know, uh, but, but more so she is a a star in movies where you're like, I'm going to go see her kick ass. I mean, you're right. This has some element of that, but I think it's a quieter version of that. You know, now, it's, it's not her playing the title. The, the The name of the movie isn't her character. This is not Mrs. Smith. This is not Salt. Now, I'm not going to put her on the same echelon as Denzel because he is somebody who's, who's released movies in the last 10 years uh, or 11 years that have been hits. He is a star, a bona fide huge star. But what I want to use as a comp for this mm-hmm. is The Little Things, which mm-hmm. is a film that went day and date, theater and HBO Max. It's an adult thriller. Mm-hmm. And it opened at 4.8. 
Now, again, that was back when there was, was less theaters available. Yeah. Yeah. So not the best time, but do you think mm-hmm. that Those Who Wish Me Dead, starring Angelina Jolie, makes more or less than $4.8 million at the box office? Oh, interesting. Interesting. Now, there's way more competition now. Right. Because right. we still got Mortal Kombat. We still got Demon Slayer. We got nobody hanging out. We got Wrath of Man. Right. I'm going to say under, but I'm not sure, and I would love to be wrong. Because it would okay. be great to see a, you know, Taylor Sheridan adult drama do five or six million dollars right now. I'm yeah. going to guess it's going to be closer to four. What do you think? Are you going over or under that 4.8 of the little things? Yeah, it's hard because I think there's there's just so much competition here. Right. And I think I'll go over to make okay. it interesting. Okay. But I won't go much over. Great. So this I mean, is this weekend, you're the one who's somehow more I'm usually the one who's a little more bullish. Mm-hmm. And you're the over on both. And I love it. Yeah. We got one last one because this and is... we'll plow and through just, this one. Just to say, this is so great that we have spent this whole episode talking about numbers. Yes, yes, and yes. old box office and new box office. This is what this show is. Yes. This is so exciting to me. So, Profile, which is a focus feature film that's opening up, and it's from the same creative team as searching Mm -hmm. i believe right it's the same guys yeah i saw the i saw the poster for it actually the other day walking past my local movie theater and it said from the people brought you searching right so that of course searching was a film that was shot completely on phone screens and computer screens and things like that FaceTimes and, uh, yeah. Uh, and Zooms this movie and has to do with a British journalist who goes undercover to find terrorists who are recruiting online. And this mm-hmm. is supposed to be the same sort of thing that happens. Uh, it's all on the screen. Mm-hmm. Now, I was looking at Searching and its box office history. And, of course, it opened... A lot of these kind of films, they open small... And then they go wide. So its first wide weekend, it made $6 million. Okay. And that was what? Like August of 2018, 2019 probably? Nailed it. August 31st, 2018. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously it's not going to make 6 mil. No. Because the capacity, what it's going up against. But... It is opening wide, so they're they're blasting this out. I think and it's more this, of a, yeah. The subject more a, matter for this one feels niche, less accessible, yeah, than like searching, which was a dad trying to find his missing kid. I mean, that is as as accessible as 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 premises go. Whereas this is a reporter trying to infiltrate 
a foreign terrorist unit, you know, foreign terrorist organization. That that feels more niche. Um, here's my thing with this movie. Why I, yes. I, I don't know if Profile is going to do Bafa Bobo, aside from the competition and all that. It's a movie that that's gimmick is, oh, it's all taking place on screens. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to see them talk on FaceTimes. We're going to see them talk on G chats and, and their laptops and whatever. It's amazing how novel that kind of premise, that gimmick felt with searching in 2018. And I kind of feel like audiences couldn't want anything less right now than mm, to yes. go to a movie theater and be looking at laptop screens. Like this movie, I, I don't know if they filmed it in the pandemic or if this was one that got shelved for a while. If Profile was a movie that they've been sitting on for a while, they should have put this out any time in the last year. And it at least would have felt like, okay, this is, at least it's something new. But like coming out of the pandemic, I can't imagine something audiences are going to want less than to look at, go to a theater and to look at laptop screens. That's such a great point. I think that is, that is, that is so true. This would be a movie that, like you said, you either had to put out in the thick of the pandemic or 10 years from now. Yes, yes. And the problem yes. with that is that it'll be so antiquated. Right, right. Because then Cause it's the just technology be, will be so different. Yeah, because 10 years from now, it's just all holograms and like telepathic messaging. Like that's going to be how we communicate. Yeah, I so, think this is going to tank. I mean, it could be really good and get sort of like word of mouth and be just, you know, people talk about it's like, oh, this is really cool. You got to go see it. Though I kind of feel like right now that's not the kind of movie-going audience that is even going to the theaters. Like, I don't think the, like, hey, this is cool. Go check it out, dude. Like, that guy is not going to the theater right now. The people going to the theater, your gore hounds, families, you know, people who don't give an F about the pandemic. That's still who's going, not the, like, cool, critical, buzzy, word-of-mouth theater-goer. Yeah, it's so true because when you look at even this top 10, a lot of these movies are so unreliant on critics and 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 ratings and things like that. And tastemakers. Yeah. Yeah, cultural tastemakers. Yeah. Because it's just people who want to go see movies. They want to enjoy. They want to unplug. So I do agree with that, too. So here's the thing. Do you think this movie makes over a million? I mean, it is a wide release, but... Yeah, I think it makes over a million, but I don't think much more than that. I actually would be surprised if it made two. You know, because you've got enough... You know, there is still a finite audience every weekend... And I think you're going to have a big opening for Spiral. I think Those Who Wish Me Dead is going to, like we said, make around four, maybe more. You've got the holdovers. I think this movie just doesn't have an audience right now. And I I don't know who's like, I got to head out of the theater to go watch a bunch of laptops. Like this movie, if they had this on the shelf, they should have put this out in October 2020. Or honestly... like I know we've we started the show making the argument that everything should be thrown into theaters. 
but profile feels like maybe this should have gone straight to Shutter or to Hulu or something like yeah and you know from the creative team searching was very good and it i think their, this movie was probably is probably very good but we're probably looking at the wide release of this being around 1200 theaters it's not going to be wide in the way that mortal kombat was wide it's mm. going to be more like just going back to this top 10 we didn't mention it but number 7 here today which was the billy crystal Tiffany Haddish film that opened mm-hmm. to a million dollars in 1200 theaters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, if you're thinking, so Tiffany Haddish, Billy Crystal, that movie made a hundred, uh, uh, only a million dollars. Do you think this movie, you think this movie makes over that? You think it makes over. God. And, and, and I know they're different films, but they're going to be opening. You know what? I'm going to say under. You're going to say think, under a mill. I think under a mill. I think. That this is, there is less of an audience for a movie that takes place completely on laptops. There's less of an audience for that than there is for a movie where Billy Crystal is struggling with dementia. I think Billy Crystal struggling with dementia is a more mainstream, uh, uh, family-friendly, audience-friendly topic than... Uh, a, a movie about terrorists and it all takes place on laptops. I'd, I'd rather, you'd rather see Billy Crystal struggle with dementia. Cause at is least that what that struggling. movie's about? Yes. It's his, wow. the father, apparently. It's Billy Crystal's the father. Okay. And I think that you at least say, yeah, it's Billy Crystal struggling with dementia, but at least he's doing it with like real cameras, not webcams. Yeah, oh God, imagine that film. Right, right. I think the lowest possible niche uh, 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 topic is it's Billy Crystal struggling with dementia. Also, it's filmed entirely on web on webcams from laptops. I think that's the movie that tanks the most. There will be, at some point, a documentary with a famous comedian who is suffering from dementia where he calls up all of his comedy buddies on his laptop, whatever Zoom will be in two or three years, right, and they right. reminisce about something, and that'll be a documentary. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's WTF the movie. Oh, oh wow, wow. Yeah. It's a bold prediction, but it's not a crazy prediction. No, no. Um, now, so, I, yeah. I'm going I'm going to go over. Okay. Because I'm just the I'm just the over guy. I'm You're the, the over, over guy, guy this, this week. week. Yeah, you're the over guy, I'm the under guy. Sometimes, you know, it's good cop, bad cop situation. So then before we wrap up this big, big shoe, mm-hmm. give me your top five. Okay. So my top five is, of course, number one. I got to go with Spiral from the Book of Saw is going to be number one. Then I would say Wrath of Man is going to be number two. I think okay. it'll make around four. Four or five million. Then uh, let's go with uh, those who wish me dead. Number three, and then, and then, I will go. Number four is going to be Demon Slayer Four, Mortal Kombat Five. So you think Demon Slayer holds on? Because, I mean, I guess it added theater, it's, so... Yeah, and it's it widened its gap between it and Mortal Kombat 
last weekend. So I think, yeah, Demon Slayer 4, Mortal Kombat 5. What's your top five? Well, I got to go number one, Spiral from the Book of Saw, because mm-hmm. I think that's our consensus, number one. That is almost a slam doink. Mm-hmm. Number two, I'm going to have to say Those Who Wish Me Dead, because I said it was going to go higher than right. Little Things, and that would put it in the seven million, which there's no way Wrath of Man holds on to be that high. So, But I do say Wrath of Man is going to be the third film Mm -hmm. then i'm gonna say demon slayer Mm -hmm. and then i'm gonna say i'm gonna say raya interesting because you you like how it's adding theaters that makes adding theaters and close when you look at where it is next to mortal Kombat and godzilla versus kong it is very close yeah and it's got the forward momentum that that's a that's a great pick that's a great pick. And so That's a great pick. Then I will say Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. All right. I love it. God, it feels so good to do that. It feels so good. To just spend an entire episode talking about this past weekend and looking ahead to big movies coming out. I mean, it's gonna be more and more of that because the summer movie season is here. And listeners Email us. What do you think about our box office projections for all these new movies? Email us at the Podcast at gmail.com and let us know what is more enticing to you. Is it the story of Profile, where it's about a foreign terrorist organization that takes place completely on webcams? Or is it here today, the story of Billy Crystal aging with dementia? And it's possibly some kind of romantic comedy. I don't know. We haven't, neither of us have seen it, but we, I do know it is Billy Crystal's a father. Tell us if that's enticing to you at the box office. Email us, the B.O. Boys podcast at gmail.com. And also, if you are a Canadian who is going to yes. cross the border into America, whether you're, that's your first time or your second time because you were running away from the Vietnam War. Or mm-hmm. conscientiously, conscientiously objecting to the Vietnam War. Yes. Let us know. Are you coming over for Coella? Are you coming over for A Quiet Place too? Are you coming over for Spiral? Like, right, are, do you, right. are your bags packed? Right, right, right. It's are you be interesting. en route? Right. Let us know all that information that we just said. And Pat, I don't think there's anything left to say, but until next time. We'll, we'll smell, smell you at the box, box office. office. Nailed it.